This is Radio Maria, and this is our Novena for the World Day of the Sick. The World Day of the Sick will be this February 11th. Thirty years ago, St. John Paul II instituted the World Day of the Sick to encourage the people of God, Catholic health institutions, and civil society to be increasingly attentive to the sick and to those who care for them. In this novena, Radio Maria has gathered surgeons, doctors, nurses, support workers, carers to share their reflections on how they answer the call to be merciful and to bring and be a sign of God's mercy to the sick. Today, I have with me Mr. Mark Gannon, who is a vascular surgeon in Birmingham. Mr. Gannon, the microphone is all yours. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. More than ever over the last two years, it's been very obvious that the health service is absolutely full of people who are altruistic, caring, committed, brave and skilled. And I've been very, very lucky to work in this environment for the last 43 years and for the last 32 as a consultant surgeon in Birmingham. I've been a Catholic all my life and I underwent my own adult conversion when I was about 28. That was when I first had an encounter with Jesus. And it's the first time that I understood something about who Jesus is and what it was that he did and how that impacted on my life. And so then, since then, I've been involved in various ways with the charismatic renewal in the Catholic Church, most recently through Celebrate. And I've experienced the Holy Spirit working in my own life and in the life of others. So given all that, what difference does it make being a Catholic surgeon? Well, my colleagues are just as good as I am, and we get similar results from our work. And the truth of the matter is I, I can't be sure what the difference is, but I suspect that it's what goes on in my head. And I think that might be a, diff a bit different from what goes on in the head of my colleagues. The truth is you would have to ask them. Of course, we've got a shared worldview that grasps the scientific and material and the technical and some of the human aspects of our work. We do a similar job and on one level we have, we have a common purpose. As a Christian, though, I carry along with me an additional worldview that affects my thinking and motivation and occupies some of my internal space and perhaps, perhaps spills out into my actions as well. The hospital is run on, a, on secular principles, but within its walls occur some of the most profound of life's experience, which from the depths to the dizzy heights have a dimension beyond the material and touch the heart of our being. So how does the Christian worldview affect how I think and act? I think fundamentally it provides a different 
or additional view of what is going on around us. I believe in God, not a remote and uninvolved God, but a God who is Father and who is active in my life and working towards our good. I believe our lives are not a brief and passing random finite presence on this little planet floating in space, but our lives are lived out in the presence of our Creator, our Father God, who has for us some purpose to work out now at this time with the people who we are with and something specific for for me to do. So when I see my identity of, as, a, as a son of God, it, it carries with it a responsibility to understand that all the people that I meet, my family, my friends, colleagues, and, and those who we care for, that we, see, that we see them too with that same identity, with something of that spark of the divine, that Holy Spirit within them. And that calls really for me to treat them as such. So when I am tempted to arrogance and entitlement and the pride that comes from esteem or to be dismissive of others or judgmental. It helps keep me grounded to know who I am before God and that the people around me are part of God's plan for my life and that at that moment I'm part of the plan for their life too. So who heals the people we look after? Who, who makes them better when they're ill? Sometimes I succumb to that delusion that it's me. But this is a mistake. The human body is fascinating. It's designed and made in a miraculous way such that it will heal itself. We all use our gifts and learning and experience to create the best circumstances for, for this to happen. But we do well to remember a surgical adage that goes, I put in the stitches and God heals the wounds. And of course, sometimes things don't go well. And, and when that happens, it's our professional responsibility to reflect and investigate and improve. But sometimes you just don't understand why things happen. And this too is a time to be humble before God and ask for his mercy and blessing on everyone involved, our patients and their families, our colleagues having to deal with things, all living in the face of tragedy and disappointment. And this too is when a belief in a loving and personal God is important, even, even though we might not understand. And in the extremes of these situations, some people we're caring for will, will die. And the secular world leads us naturally to look into it and investigate and improve, but it offers very little comfort and it often drifts into recreation, blame and guilt and upset. Of course, we have to be sure that we do all that we can to avoid this happening and explain as best we can and be alongside the heartbroken. But the Christian worldview is different and adds a different dimension. It functions above the, the pragmatic. And this loving God has a plan for our lives that transcends our life here on earth. It precedes it and it 
continues into the future in union with God through that restoration brought about through Jesus so that our spirits will live in the heart of God. So how about prayer? Do I pray for my patients and my work? Well, well of course I do. I pray when I'm traveling. I generally would travel 35 to 45 minutes to work and I would pray, I would pray as you go. And uh, I would pray the rosary there. Sometimes in a slightly irregular way where I pray the rosary more as a contemplation, I suppose, than in the traditional way. And I pray myself with the scriptures. And always when, when I'm scrubbing up, there's always three, four minutes there where I'm just in my own space and, and, and I would pray when I was scrubbing up. And there's a funny little, little time in an operation when you're a vascular surgeon, what we call... <clears throat> What we call the hemostatic pause is when we're waiting for the bleeding to stop. And I would nearly always pray during this little pause in the operation. So I'm, I am very grateful uh, for having been a surgeon and being supported in my work as a surgeon by this Christian worldview and for being sustained by the, by the sacramental life uh, of, of being a Catholic where in this sacramental life, the alternate reality of the kingdom of God breaks through into our conscious material life and reminds us of the dimensions and potential of being the sons and daughters of God. <clears throat> I was sick myself 18 months ago, and I was very grateful for the surgeon's skills. And I'm grateful too for the very tangible feeling of support that came to me through the prayers of my family and my parish community. Since I stopped doing my clinical work a couple of years ago, I've been more and more aware of the divine healing that occurs quite apart from medical practice. I've had my share of experiences where people have made miraculous recoveries, sometimes even in direct response to my prayers. But lately, though, I've been more aware of a specific healing that occurs in response to prayer simply, simply by the grace of God. And it seems to happen in a way that is confirming of that kind message, the good news of change and forgiveness that comes through Jesus. But it is purely by God's mercy. So... I continue to say prayers of intercession and command for all manner of healing body, soul and spirit and call upon the kingdom of God to come and be made real for us. As I was writing these, uh, these reflections, my wife Annie was visiting her mother uh, in order to help her, help her eat Winnie. Her mum lives in a home nearby. She's a person who is blind and has dementia, but they are not the things that define her. Anna will bring her communion. And when it will remember who it is she receives and say the prayers that still live on in her failing memory. And Anna will sing with her the songs that she remembers and remind her that she's a daughter of God. We're all the children of the Father. 
set free of our predilection to make bad choices. Freed from the effects of those bad choices and bad choices of others through Jesus, who is the Father's love for us, who lived and taught and died and rose and lives on now within us and one day the sense of being one will be confirmed for us all in reality. Our Lady of Lourdes, pray for us. And now we'll continue our novena with the Novena Prayer. Mary, Our Lady of Lourdes, you appeared at the grotto of Massabiel to Bernadette, a simple shepherdess. You brought her the radiant light of your smile, the gentle resplendent brightness of your presence. Day by day, you built a relationship with her where you gazed at her gently as one person talking to another. We too come before you in our poverty and we humbly pray to you. May those who doubt discover the joy of trust. May those who despair sense your discreet presence. Mary, Our Lady of Lords, you revealed your name to Bernadette by simply saying, I am the Immaculate Conception. May we discover the joy of a forgiveness that never falters, instilling us the desire for a rediscovered innocence and a joyful holiness. Help the blinded sinner. You who gave birth to the saviour of the world, look tenderly on our beautiful but tragic world, opening us the path of hope, guide us to the one who is the living source, Jesus, your son, who teaches us to call God Father. Amen. And today we're going to say the second sorrowful mystery, the scourging at the pillar. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray.
pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those who are most need of thy mercy. Amen. And now I'll share with you a, a brief a, a, a brief saying from Pope Francis for this year's World Day of the Sick for February 11th. He writes, In the past 30 years, pastoral health care has been an indispensable service increasingly recognized. If the worst discrimination suffered by the poor, including the sick, who are poor in health, is the lack of spiritual attention, we cannot fail to offer them God's closeness, his blessing and his word, as well as the celebration of the sacraments and the opportunity for a journey of growth and maturation in faith. In this regard, I would like to remind everyone that closeness to the sick and their pastoral care is not only the task of certain specially designated ministers. Visiting the sick is an invitation that Christ addresses to all his disciples. How many sick and elderly people are living at home and waiting for their visit? The ministry of consolation is a task for every baptized person. Mindful of the words of Jesus, I was sick and you visited me. Our Lady of Lords, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father Mark, for, uh, thank you, Mr. Mark Gannon, for joining us today. Thank you.